The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Benched with Bubba. This is episode 14, your College Bowl Preview Edition. Tonight, I will be joined by a special guest, uh, CW, the CW. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at CW of CCH, also at cchpicks.com. He has one heck of a CCH or a college bowl preview uh, PDF file, previews every single uh, bowl game, all 40 of them. We are going to preview all 40 of them in a Twitter fashion. About a minute, minute and a half preview, 140 characters, as he says. He's in the Super Contest, SaturdayEdge.com, all kinds of things. We'll get into all of it, and we'll get into the Super Contest later. But first off, Colin, how are we doing tonight? Colin is happy to be done writing documentation. I'm really happy not to be. This preview started off, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of energy. I wanted to get it done. And then I got 25 bowl games in, and I was – I was tired. I don't. I was very, very tired. So I'm glad it's. I'm glad I got it done. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to watch these games. I bet. I bet. And like I said, you can find Colin at cchpicks.com. He writes for SaturdayEdge.com. He's in a group on the Super Contest that you might know out of Las Vegas. Uh, five NFL picks a week is the big deal, folks. He's um, one game out of the cash, and more importantly, they are four and a half off of the entire lead which is insane they're 39 27 and four so um keep an eye on that follow him again on twitter at cw of cch tweets out a lot of good information but let's get at it um did you want to give any preface to any bowl stuff or do you want to go straight into it well i think what we're going to do here is uh there's 40 bowls so if we sit here and we talk about all of them this is going to run us about eight hours so what we're going to do even though i have a ton to say uh, there's going to be a lot of what I've already said in the PDF. So I want to drive people to the PDF because I'm just going to echo some of those opinions that I just wrote. But we're going to play a little game, Brian and I, where it's uh, cap the game uh, in Twitter fashion, leave it to 140 characters, and where it needs to be talked about a little bit more, like Washington and Alabama, we're obviously going to go over that. So uh, I'll give you, you know, we'll give you a couple lines or two between the both of us, and uh, and we'll just keep moving and chugging along. If you have any questions, just hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of break it down as we go. I will attach in the write-up that goes with the pod preview, I will attach his PDF to that article also. He'll, he'll, he'll tweet it out a lot, and I'll tweet it out from our handle. You'll be able to find it on Twitter. 
Um, we'll kind of break it down into three weekly things for the bowl. So week one will be December 17th to the 23rd. So it starts this Saturday. First bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, University of Texas San Antonio, the Meat Meeps. First New Mexico Lobos playing at home. Colin, take it away. I uh, love the Roadrunners, but they're facing a uh, Lobos team that runs a triple option. And Ke- head coach Kevin Wilson for UTSA has never prepped uh, even his time at LSU for a triple option. First time bowl for them. First time bowl for him. First time bowl for the players, for the for the entire uh, school. Uh, New Mexico's in this again. Uh, they beat, uh, they, they lost to uh, Zona and pushed on the spread last year. Um it's really a matter of New Mexico running that and can UTSA uh, put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I love UTSA over seven, uh, six and a half clipped on bookmaker earlier today. I'm going to switch over to the Lobos, uh, the lower that the spread gets. I will say uh, 72% of the dollars on the side money are coming in on New Mexico while this number is dipping below six and a half, which leads you to believe the bigger bets are coming in on UTSA. But get the good number now. There's seven and a half out there. Shop and get it now. If it goes to game day and it's six on Saturday morning, I, I don't know. I can't tell you anything, but maybe New Mexico. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. Anytime I see a triple option style game, I'm like an unders because the clock just keeps tip, ticking. Yeah. Um, in this one, you got to like New Mexico a bit it, uh, with the home field advantage in this one. Motivation's a factor. Um, but I do like when I was reading your PDF real quick. It is interesting. UTSA gets New Mexico's home walker room, which could add an incentive to New Mexico in this one. But uh, if it goes over seven, I like UTSA to keep it within a touchdown. So I yeah. like UTSA and I like the under in that one. Let's go to the Las Vegas Mexico Bowl. Houston versus San Diego State. Houston nine and three. San Diego State ten and three. Houston with their new head coach as Tom Herman's out of town. San Diego State uh, with Rocky Long. Colin, what do you got? So, if you guys are reading the articles and you're seeing people say, "Oh, Tom Herman left," and this is a coaching staff that doesn't care, that is a lazy, lazy way to cap a game, uh, flat out. Houston has seniors that are trying to make the NFL or underclassmen that are playing for playing time next year under Applewhite, who is already there as the OC. There's no letdown with these guys. They're already playing next year. This is, this is, there's no lack of motivation here. Let's talk about San Diego State because there's two things. That re- I've heard some really sharp guys in Vegas, some really sharp guys in Vegas that love San Diego State, and I don't. And I'm going to go against the grain here. And I know Houston's getting some of the money, but uh, – Houston has the third best rush defense in the nation. San Diego State only does one thing, and that's rush the ball. So if Houston wants to play this game, which I think they will, they will be able to stop Pumphrey. They'll be able to stop this rushing attack. And don't forget, Houston, uh, their strength of schedule was 57, while San Diego State was 120. So Pumphrey put up all those numbers against a 120 strength of schedule. And the thing that Houston does best is – uh, defend the ground game. Now, on the flip side, San Diego State took three losses this year, and it was all to dual threat quarterbacks that beat them deep. Who's running quarterback for Houston? Greg Ward. There's only one way for me to go in this game, and it's Houston. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, I actually love the idea of the new head coach and play. Applewhite's going to want to make a statement, in my opinion. He's going to want to spread it out. He's going to want Ward to just go bananas in this game. Um, I see him wanting to just score like crazy. He's going to want to air it out. He's going to want to spread it out. I see Ward having a big game, and Houston's going to score a lot, in my opinion, against that Aztec defense. 
Houston does have a great defense. People forget that. Uh, that's one thing Herman did well there. They do stop the run, stack the box, stop Pumphrey. San Diego State has nothing. Don't forget uh, – people need to remember the games against Wyoming where they did – Pumphrey had good games, but he didn't have those great games like he had in the Mountain West where Wyoming still shut them down enough to keep those to be to be games. Um, and that's what uh, Houston has to do. The line's at three right now. I like Houston a lot in this game. I agree with you on this one. Give me Houston. I think they take care of business in the desert. Um, Auto Nation, Cure Bowl, Arkansas State, Central Florida, little fun belt action versus the AAC. Uh, interesting game here, Colin. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I, I hated making put this in a confidence pool. I put it really low. Uh, I'm taking Arkansas State plus a six. It's fallen down to five and a half, but this is the lowest ranked confidence game. And the reason is because uh, UCF lost the yardage battle their last six games. They were outgained more than they gained in their games. Uh, it's a hometown game, but their campus is actually 30 minutes away from where this is being played, and they've got all this shit they're doing. They got uh, the Orlando Magic game, and they've got these you know charity events. And they got all this stuff going on. So, and I'm not a believer in UCF, anyways, because if you look at the six teams they beat, they're terrible. They're really terrible, and uh, the, I think only one of them uh, even made a bowl, and, and it was a fluke win, anyway. So. Uh, there's only one way to go. To me, it's Arkansas State. The early, the money has come in early. Seventy-two percent on the side money has come in on Arkansas State, and I think that's the reason that the dip from six down to five and a half has happened. So, uh, it's a really low confidence game, but it's Arkansas State plus six. Yeah, I'm just going to let Colin take this one because this one does not appeal to me at all. It's two bad teams. Um, yeah, we're going to move on from this one. Uh, Raycom <laughs> Media Camellable. App State, Toledo. This one's actually really intriguing to me because App State's one of those little darlings in Toledo. You never know who's going to show up for Toledo, in my opinion. A little action action. Uh, what do you got, Colin? So uh, I say this in the in the preview, but I'm going to keep this one real short. I love App State. I love Toledo. These are bet on teams that I love making money off of, and I have the past two years. The difference in this game to me is – Woodside, who throws for Toledo, he's the quarterback you probably haven't heard of. They should have beaten Western Michigan. They gave up a turnover in that game and lost by six. So what you need to realize is the Toledo quarterback is excellent, and the best quarterback that App State faced this year was Brad Kai at Miami, and he torched them for almost 400 yards and three TDs. So I'm going with Toledo minus one. We'll see. Yeah, it's basically a pick game, and uh, that's where I go with Toledo on this one. Um, I see them spreading it out and throwing it over App State. Uh, but I kind of like a little overaction in this one if I have to go anywhere. I see both offenses having some fun in this one. Uh, give me the over 57 in this one between App State and Toledo. Let's go RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, Southern Miss, Louisiana Lafayette, a little home cooking for Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, what do you got, Colin? Uh, I wrote the preview. Uh, I started it uh, Sunday, finished it uh, yesterday, and um, I said Southern Miss minus three and a half, and uh, the reason was because their quarterback, Nick Mullins, came back, and they started just playing all world, beating La Tech. Uh, they're on a hot streak ever since. I watched ULL's final games to get in to make to make bowl uh, eligibility because I was writing them. I knew that they wanted to get into it, and they had a circus ending against Arkansas State. 
they had a monsoon where they got five turnovers from ULM. So I, I think they're a little fluky anyways, but Southern Miss has played really well with their quarterback, uh, Nick Mullins back, you know, he's got some NFL potential. The money's 50. I'm sorry. The money is 65% of the tickets and 77% of the money is on Southern Miss. And I think that's why today the line has moved from three and a half up to four and a half from when I wrote the preview just a day ago. So Southern Miss seems to be the side, but the number might get out of control and you might have to tease or, or just hit the money line here. Southern Miss is the way to go. I'm going to let Colin just take that one because I'm not even going to fool you. I don't even know those two teams at all. I will be honest with you. Uh, we will go to the Monday, December 19th, Miami Beach Bowl, Central Michigan, Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa heavy favorite, double-digit favorite in this one. Uh, I like Tulsa a lot in this one, but I don't know if I have enough cojones to lay that number. What do you got, Colin? I think I was smoking crack when I wrote the preview because I put in there I'm going to take Central Michigan, but I'm going to wait because I want to get it at 14. Yeah. Uh, today, I wrote that when the number was at 11. It's it's up to 12 and a half. It, Obviously, is going to do what I said it would in the preview, which is I think it's going to get up to two touchdowns, and that's the number that I want to get. CMU is 117th in defending the pass, and Tulsa is one of the best in the nation, 15th in passing TDs. Uh, Tulsa should have no problems with Central Michigan, who plays – I think I don't want to get these mixed up, but I think it's Tulsa has 85 snaps per game where central Michigan's around 70 snaps per game. So pace of the game here is completely different. If CNU gets down by 14, I just, I'm not sure if they can come back. Uh, my angle on central Michigan is they never had a bye week. They had that crazy Tuesday action game when it started and they gave nine to 10 days on both sides of the game, but they never had really a truly a buy. And I think they wore down by the end of the season. So what you saw the last month from central Michigan is not the chips team that beat Oklahoma state earlier in the year. So I'm kind of banking on this number, getting up to 14 at 14. I'm going to take a piece of central Michigan, but if you like Tulsa hit it now. Yeah. Tulsa's an explosive offense. And uh, I agree. That's why I'm saying I, I see them putting up points at will in my opinion, but uh I just I'd like to see it go down, and if you think it's going to go the other way, then I don't know if I can uh, I can pull the trigger on that one. And I, I like I've been reading your your article now, and I do like the under sixty eight because I don't see CMU putting up enough points to keep that one going. So uh, yeah. with the slowdown offense, so I might just wait it out and uh, play the under closer to game day. That might be the play to go there. Boca Raton Bowl, Memphis, Western Kentucky. I don't think they can set a total high enough in this game. Um, what do you have on this one, Colin? Uh, yeah, like I said at the end, over over first half, over for the full game. Uh, so when I took the screenshot of what the current lines were, uh, there were some 77s out there and a 70 half. As I'm looking at it, the live line right now, 99% of the money at seven reporting books on Sports Insights says that the money's coming in on the over, and it is finally clipped 79 so the sky is the limit here. I'm going to repeat what I put in my PDF. Over, first half over, and maybe a live under after it gets into the 130s somewhere around the second quarter. So uh, if you have to do a side, if you're in a confidence pool, uh, there's there's no sense in trying to take a favorite in this because it to me it's got overtime written all over it or it's got a, you know, whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. So, you know, I'd sit on the five and I kind of sit around and maybe see if you can get a six out of that, maybe a five and a half. I see Cantor game. He dropped it to four and a half today. So, you know, three is kind of your point where you're going to want to go Western Kentucky and anything above that. So you're going to want to buy on Memphis. Yeah. This is literally the defense optional game. It's going to look, it's going to look like a seven on seven drill out there all game. Um, 
this is the one that's worth sprinkling Memphis money line just because, like you said, it's totally who has the last the ball last. So um, there's value in that one, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, play the over, enjoy the over, enjoy yeah, the game. That's the single game that's on my birthday, and I might have a drinking game for every touchdown. I might try to put. That I was just here, about so. to say that's the. I just want to say that's the one to make a dream. You can, you yeah. can go as in depth as rushing touchdowns. You can like make it specific on what you could drink for. It might be a fireball yeah. shot for like every field goal, which I doubt there will be any. But <laughs> there you go. You can, you can get specific in this one. There we go. Now we can go uh, Southern California, the San Diego County Poinsettable, BYU versus Wyoming. This one it really really intrigues me. I'm big on on the Cowboys. Um, Ooh, I, I like the Cowboys a lot. But BYU always brings brings the punch. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah, in my write-up I said you want to get BYU minus 7, you want to get Wyoming plus 10, and I don't think either of those numbers are going to show because BYU is holding steady at 8.5 and, and 9 on a dead number. The money's 50-50. The tickets are 50-50. The money's 50-50. Uh, the over-under is taking a little bit more money on the over, even though we got a drop from uh, 59 down to about 56 and 55 and a half. So as I look at this game, there, there's a lot of things that BYU does really well. They, uh, you know, they excel at stopping the run, which is something Wyoming is really good at, and they have their star uh, running back, uh, Jamal, I think is his first name, Williams. And, uh, you know, they're – Wyoming is 120th in yards per play allowed. That's really bad. That means BYU is going to be able to move the ball. And BYU, as I'm looking at my thing, I think they rank like top in the nation in first downs, time of possession, uh, third down conversion percentage. Uh, you know, they're, they're 32nd in sacks against Wyoming. Uh, there's a lot of statistical advantages. BYU accepted this bowl weeks ago, the beginning of November. Uh, San Diego wanted them. Uh, BYU wanted to be there. Uh, Wyoming, on the other hand, they lost two key players at the end of the season, and they look beat up. And I respect their coach; I think he's tremendous. But I'm going to take Sataki in this because I really, I really like the way that BYU plays football. I actually, um, if the number gets into double digits, I go Wyoming. But I like the uh, the over a lot on this one because I like. Um, Wyoming does not stop the ball, and I see it being a lot like their San Diego State games where it'll be both teams should be close to the 30-point mark at least. I could see this one. Uh, and and this, this sounds horrible. Don't This is not the way to cap a game, folks, but I watch a lot of the poinsettia bowls down south, and you get stupid offense in that game. I'm just throwing it out there right now. Right. Just dumb, dumb offense let, in that game. Let me throw something in, Brian, that – it is is not in my article, and I forgot to put it in my article. Taysom Hill is out. Who's playing? Tyler Magnum. And what does he do? All he does is throw throw dimes. All he does yep. is just throw dimes. So BYU, yeah, I this whole yep. I, I did this whole article thinking ball control first downs, and their their quarterback has now completely changed, and it's going to be a guy that's shooting deep threats. So that's a good good plan. Yeah, there you go. Let's move to Idaho, to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Colorado State versus Idaho on the blue turf. A little bit of a home field for Idaho in a way. Colorado State, Idaho, Colin. <laughs> I, I don't want to be live on a podcast saying Idaho, but that's the way that I'm going. Uh, currently, 90% of the, the money on the tickets is coming out of Colorado State, which should have no problems winning this game whatsoever. Yeah. This is – you know, and there's, I've seen a lot of uh, stuff put out. Um, 
that says, uh, you know, you shouldn't worry about the point spread when it comes to bowl games because most of the time the team uh, the team that covers is the team that wins, right? So what's that saying is, is if dogs cover, that means that they win. Well, I think this is the instance that Idaho really can't finish this game off, and I think Colorado State wins the game. But I think Idaho has a decent shot of covering. My power rating number put this at 9.5, so I was shocked to see it kind of in the dead zone in double digits, and now it's up to 13.5 with all this money coming in on Colorado State. I don't think the Colorado State money is going to stop. So at 14 – I'm going to fire on Idaho and I'm going to make a scotch and I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah, this is ugly. This, all I'm going to say is these Idaho kids might be the only time they're ever in a bowl game. They're going to be going guns blazing. So right. if you're ever going to back, if you're ever going to back them, this is the time to back them because they got nothing to lose. They're, but that's horrible capping, but there you go. I, I won't. <laughs> yeah, that's, Ugly. Well, they're going. F- they're going FCS, right? So they're middle fingers yeah. up and trying to head on down there. So I literally didn't even realize they were in a bowl game until I just saw that. I, I scrolled to that page. It's like, how the hell is Idaho in a bowl game? But that's what you get when you look at forty bowl games, folks. You get shit like that. That is what happened. That there's another one for you. The Popeyes yeah. Bahamas Bowl. Bahamas Bowl always have interesting ones. I believe last year we had a Western Kentucky. It's like an eight a.m. game usually, at least in my time zone. Uh, Old Dominion versus Eastern Michigan. This one always makes it for an interesting game, like for 12 people in the stands. Um, yeah. uh, this is like a – it's usually Christmassy, but because of the way the schedule is on a Sunday, everything's moved up a day. So this is the Friday, the 23rd. What do you have on this one, Colin? Well, um, you know, the cap – I'm going to leave the capping at a minimum here because no one's really – I don't even know if I'm going to watch the game. But um, – uh, so uh, what's what's good to know about this game is that Old Dominion and Eastern Michigan, and we're going to run into this later with Army and North Texas, but these two teams have played each other. This is now the third year in a row they played each other, and Old Dominion has won the first two. So Eastern Michigan has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about these seniors and these juniors not wanting to lose to this team for a third year in a row. Um, you know, I made the game EMU plus two, so three and a half was a buy for me. It's now currently at four. I'm still buying on EMU plus four. Um, you know, there's things about Old Dominion and their unit ranks. You know, they have the 124th ranks schedule, uh, strength of schedule. And, uh, you know, I just, I think the EMU team, their upperclassmen really has motivation uh, to win this game. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I just, uh, I like, I actually like Old Dominion's defense a bit. Uh, I think they played pretty good defense in a conference that actually spreads it out and plays pretty good, decent offense. Um, so I actually like the under in this game, especially for teams that know each other pretty well for most compared yep. to most bowl games. So uh, I like the under in this game. So give me that one. Uh, the what the, hell? the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. LaTeX Navy. Navy coming off their first loss in 15 years to Army. I'd be a little pissed off. What is Lockheed Martin? I I, I feel like I'm a Lockheed. Someone. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I honestly don't even I don't even know what that is. Lockheed Martin is a, a defense contractor like Raytheon. They build the missiles and the bombs. Oh, okay. that, I was about uh, to get like to drop out everybody. Right. Okay. Um, they have a very nice campus uh, down in Grand Prairie, Texas. I've been there many times. So. Um, so uh, on this game, I wrote – I apologize for anybody that's reading the PDF because I wrote this on, I want to say, Saturday morning. 
and LaTeX was plus one and a half. They're not plus one and a half anymore. They're now minus four and a half, and it's because Ooh. Navy showed their ass against Army. Uh, Navy's down a quarterback. Uh, Zach Abbey didn't show anything against Army. Uh, you know, I mean, to Navy's credit, they just played week after week after week after week, and Army had to have an FBS game in over a month. So it was such a huge spot for Army that they should have won the game. I'm not sure if this is, you know, a little bit of uh, overreaction as the line has now swung a full six points since that game. Uh, I had a power rated as a pick, but then again, maybe doesn't have their quarterback. And here's the thing why I capped LaTeX. I don't care what happened in the Army-Navy game. Here's the deal. Navy does not – there's one way to beat LaTeX, and that is to be able to pass the ball. They have one of the most porous pass defenses in all of FBS and Navy cannot pass the ball whatsoever. They cannot take advantage of where LaTeX holes are and LaTeX is going to chuck all day. And they, I, I don't, I don't It's still a four and a half and I still have this high in my confidence. I, there's no, I, I don't think there's any way LaTeX loses this game. Yeah. I find it very hard four and a half. I still feel like I have to bite because I know it, it was just an army Navy, but Navy's quarterback looks so bad. And if they fall behind and have to throw the ball, it's going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, it was like Peyton Manning-esque duck throwing out there. It was bad, <laughs> very, very bad. Um, four and a half, it, it, it's, it's, it's iffy, but if LaTeX can jump on them early, it can get ugly in a hurry. Um, what, do you, what was the under at in that one? I don't see it on the sheet here. It is um, sitting at 66. That's tempting just because Navy could slow it down and because they're going to want to keep it very slow. Um, right. That that that's very that's something to look at there. The under definitely worth a look in that game. Go to the Dollar General Bowl, Ohio versus Troy. Uh, what do you have in this one? Uh, I'm taking Ohio in this game mostly because they got their senior quarterback back for the MAC championship against WMU. They looked at Solich and his quarterback. They looked really good, uh, you know, and they got him back from injury. And now they come in and they play a, a Troy team. I mean, Neil Brown's a great coach, and Troy had a great season. But uh, you know, Solich is the more experienced bowl coach. He's been to this bowl many times before. Um, so I expect Ohio to show up, and I expect him to cover the points. Yeah, I like Ohio a lot. They looked like a whole nother ball club in that MAC title game. Uh, gave Western Michigan all they could handle. Uh, the Fighting Zolix looked uh, looked legit. Uh, looked like they're ready to fight. Getting getting what are they four points right now? Um, yeah, they're they're gonna they're definitely worth the four points. I give them. I take them a sprinkle on the money line. I think they're definitely worth the gamble in this one. Give me Ohio and the points in this game. Moving on to week two, December 24th to December 30th, the Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee at Hawaii. Hawaii 6-7, and seven, they will be our first under 500 team we speak of in the bowl season. Colin. <sighs> it's always a dirty game on the island. Um, yep. So Christmas Eve, uh, we're looking at uh, Middle Tennessee State. There's no line posted anywhere. So we're going to keep this short. Uh, I have this power rated as Middle Tennessee being minus eight and a half, but that's including their star quarterback, Breck Stockstill. It's really, if Stockstill plays in this game, 
It's a play on Middle Tennessee State of any number, minus eight and a half. Without him, it is going to be a fiasco, and it really just depends on what the Hawaii boosters want the fuck to happen. So uh, if Stock still plays, I expect I'll be on M- MTSU, and, and I'll be, uh, you know, it's all on the points. Yeah, it's a, it's a nasty game because, A, it's the only game on New Year's Eve for college. There will be a couple NFL, I believe, on that Saturday. You know you don't want to hang out with your family. Um <laughs> You're going to be drinking heavily. You're going to end up taking the over and some kind of spread. Um, it's going to be ugly, and then Hawaii is going to bone you in the end. So it's mm-hmm. it's the normal Hawaii factor. Uh, enjoy the game. Hopefully, stock still starts. Uh, we move on to the 26th, the day after Christmas. Hopefully, Santa gave you what you want. And the St. Pete Bowl, Miami of Ohio versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State 5-7. and seven. Another under 500 squad. Interesting game here. They're playing in the trap uh, at 10 a.m. Central Time the day after Christmas. How many? How many? How many Mississippi State fans you think at 10 a.m. local time want to be in the trap uh, the day after Christmas? I just, I the attendance for this game has got to be poor. Now, here's the deal: Miami of Ohio played the 118th strength of schedule while Mississippi State played the 39th. Mississippi State has recruited players that in their sleep can kick Miami's ass, and it's not even close. Miami of Ohio got their quarterback Raglan back, uh, and they went on a six-game winning streak. So they're hot, and they're treating this as their Super Bowl. Uh, they're treating this as the end all of everything, and the word Super Bowl is just being passed around like crazy. I can't find one statistical edge where Miami of Ohio has any reason of being in this ball game with Mississippi State. Now, that being said, um, Mississippi State has taken in the bulk of the money, the 77% of the tickets, 65% of the sides, yet this game is on 13 and places like Cantor will tinker it down to 12.5, which tells me someone's going in, at least at these limits of 1,000, 2,000, probably 5,000 right now. So at least somebody's going in and laying down on the Red Hawks right now. So – you know, I mean, my projection has this directly on 13, so I hate to pick a side. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, you know, I kind of copped out my PDF. I said, listen, if I get to 14, I'm going to be on Miami of Ohio. But, you know, anything 10 and a half and above, I, I probably, you know, I'm in Mississippi State. So I hate to be on Miami of Ohio because of the talent here, but I cannot ignore the fact that somebody with a wallet much bigger than mine is throwing money on the Red Hawks. Yeah, no, you uh... – you pretty much stole the word I was looking for. Is a it's Miami Super Bowl, and it pretty much it depends on who wants to show up. Does Miami want to play like their Super Bowl? Does Mississippi State's players give a fuck? It's pretty much all that matters because, like, if like you said, if Mississippi State shows up and wants to play, they could just they could show up in their jock straps and no pads and beat the crap out of them. Um, it, it, it's that simple if that's what they want to do. But um, they basically they can walk on the field and pick the number. Um, it's just a matter of if they want to, like you said, ten thirty Central Time in that godforsaken place. I still don't know why they played in that building. It's like even on TV it looks bad. I can only imagine in person. Um, it's the nastiest turf, nastiest turf, man. It's just it's, such a terrible stadium. It's horrible. Um, yeah, I got to see where this line goes. And like you said, the way the line's moving. It's almost like you have to play Miami, but it's just it's painful even the words to come out of your mouth, let alone click the button. Um, so yeah, 
sit and watch, but in theory, in theory, but it's, you know how betting goes. If, if theory worked, we'd all be rich. Uh, Mississippi State should literally beat the crap out of these guys. Um, moving on. The Quick Lane Bowl, Maryland versus Boston College, once two ACC powerhouses. Well, not on football, but you know what I mean. Uh, what do you got? Uh, one of the most lowest confidence games I could possibly play. I'm going to be on Boston College in this game. I, I don't want to be on Boston. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland is a little fraudish with their wins, too. Um, oh, I don't blame you. I'm just saying it's – yeah, and, and and having to lay having to pick a side and say Boston College just it hurts all over because this totals at forty three and a half and and really I mean I I think there's going to be you know um, I think there's going to be a first half under for me in this game because you know you give these teams this, this game's on December twenty sixth so it's the day after Christmas for these guys you give them what three weeks off from even playing a game and. You know they're going to be rusty right out of the bat, and it's not like Boston College needs any help, any extra time to prep for their defense. So I think a first half under is definitely going to be in play for me, and for the full game, I'll take Boston College, and hopefully we can, I can get it to three. It's already at one and a half at Cantor. Yeah, no, this game um, screams under for me. I, the first half under might be even a better play. I like your logic on that one. DC's um, coach Adazio, or I'm butchering. Adazio. Adazio, that's what he's a defensive guru at times, in my opinion. And um, he's just going to, he likes to make games so ugly and just snails pace things because he never has an offense, it seems like. So he has to do that kind of crap. Um, I like that. That your idea just makes total sense. Um, how these teams are in a bowl game, how they even got to six and six blows my mind. But um, I like that uh, that under big time. Having to pick a side, like, you have to. I get it. It's just (laughs) – this is one of those games where it could just be – each team could have four turnovers and just be disgusting. Um, Moving on, Camping World, Independence Bowl, Vandy versus North Carolina State. As ugly as this game could be, I am very intrigued to actually watch this game because Vandy has really turned it on as the season ended, and NC State is a very good football team. I want to hear your take on this game because I am intrigued by Vandy in this one. Uh, so it, I hope nobody I work with is watching us uh, <laughs> earlier today. I was taking a gander at Vandy's schedule for next year because I might throw some sort of 20, 30 to one down on them winning the SEC East next year. I'm so, uh, this team intrigues me a lot. Mason's uh, got them fired up and, uh, you know, they, they, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a huge degenerate me, but I, I can't Kentucky and Tennessee and, even Georgia is just such a letdown. Somebody's got to take over Florida at some point. But uh, as for this game, um, I have a power rated as a field goal game, so I think the line at four, four and a half is a little bit high. Uh, NC State uh, beat a UNC team that is a major fraud, uh, and NC State had lost maybe four or five up to that point. They needed that game to get into bowl season period. They have a very, very good rush defense. Um, but that's about it. There's not really other, any much more praise that I've got for them. I think Vandy's fired up period just to be in this bowl. And, uh, you know, they had the number 22 strength of schedule. So I think they may be a little bit better than people think. So low confidence, but I'm going with Vandy at four. Yep. I like them. Uh, what they did against Tennessee really showed me something because, uh, they got behind the eight. I know Tennessee was like, you said how NC state beat a fraudulent 
Carolina team. Many could say Tennessee was a fraudulent team as well. Um, but the way they got behind the eight ball against Tennessee and battled back and beat them, uh, they showed that against uh, – I forgot who they played the week before. They were down big against them and came back and beat them. They finished the season very, very strong. And I think that's what you notice as well is why you're going to – you're talking about putting a future on them. I like what they're building at Vandy. I think what they're building – and their coaching staff there, they want this win in a big, big way to build on that for the future. NC State's building something very good there as well. Um, not saying they're, they don't want the win either, but as a dog getting the points, I like Vandy a lot in this game. I also like the over if you're going that way. But give me Vandy in the points. I like Vandy a lot in this one. Uh, we're we're going we're to go to the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl, Army versus North Texas. This is an interesting one. You said they played each other. What do you got? Uh, I started writing this preview, and I was like, "Shit, I've got way, I've got a lot to say about this game." Actually, um, so they played each other on October twenty second. And what people need to realize is the line on that game was Army minus nineteen against North Texas. So Army was favored by nineteen, and they ended up losing by seventeen. That's an amazing. That's a thirty six point swing from what Vegas thought the game was going to be. So how does that happen? Seven to one turnover ratio army. Uh, I think four interceptions and three uh, fumbles might be the other way around, but seven turnovers to North Texas is one. And that's how you have a 36 point swing from what Vegas predicted was an army minus 19. So, uh, you know, and don't say that this is really home field advantage because this is in the old Cotton Bowl, I believe, which is nowhere close to Denton. It's still like an hour and ten minute drive from Denton, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Army won the yardage battle four three to three twenty in that game. Uh, the one thing I can say about North Texas is that they can play assignment football and they can defend the option because they allowed four and a half yards per carry all year. And that's about what they allowed in this game. So, I mean, they did fine against, against the option, but they benefited from the net six turnovers to win this game. So think about it. What has changed to where Vegas 60 days ago had this game army minus 19, and then it got re-released army minus nine. I mean, really has there been the 10 point North Texas is five and fucking seven without the, without the army win, they're four and seven on the year. So how is it that there's a 10 point adjustment in this game? It's far way too far of an adjustment. And, you know, army beating Navy didn't do us any favors. If Navy would have won that game, we could have gotten an even sweeter number on army in this. But, you know, I, I think, is it possible for an army team to be in a letdown mode? I'm not really sure that they're allowed to be ever in a letdown mode. I think they're going to be pissed off about the seven turnovers. I think that film's being shoved in there. They had turnovers against Navy all day too. I, I, I just, I think they're going to be practicing on their turnovers all the time while North Texas just is really, really a poor team. And, and so I, I think the line is too low. It's up to 10 and a half and 10 at some books. And amazingly, North Texas is taking in like 71% of the money. So I've got no problem laying down with Army, and they are going to be one of the highest-rated teams in my confidence pools for straight up. Yeah. No, uh, Army, very, very strong play. Um, They're going to – seven turnovers, for Christ's sake. Uh, I know the option leads its way to tons of fumbles, but um, you got to like what – what they did against Navy, obviously, and surely turned it over, what, four times in that game? But uh, 
they're not going to do that again against North Texas. I highly doubt they will. Um, the full you know, like, fullback, the fullback dive was gaining eight yards. So just keep to the fullback dive. All right. <laughs> yeah, and and a ten point difference. Give me a break. I like I like what you're saying there. Uh, give me Army, and maybe the spread will keep coming down if all that money keeps coming in on North Texas. You might even get it down to seven or something. Who knows? Yep. Um, military Bowl, Wake Forest versus Temple. Yeah, so uh, with this game, everybody, you know, it's the same thing with Houston is everybody's kind of like freaking out about the fact that Temple, you know, uh, Matt Rooley is left and he's down at Baylor and everybody's freaking out about the job. Okay, well, it is true. I mean, the day that they, uh, two days after he left and they announced this bowl, uh, you know, the, the assistant head coach, tight end coach Ed Foley went on the record and he said, listen, we don't have jobs. We don't know where we're coaching. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going to prepare for this, you know, game against Wake Forest, you know, yada, 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 whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. We know that you guys are searching for your job. Meanwhile, some of the temple upperclassmen are, you know, I, I didn't see any of that really coming into the game as them having a high motivation factor, but then a report came out on Friday that said, Basically, Matt Rooley down at Baylor is taking this, and he's already informed this entire staff up at Temple that they have a job, um, you know, the second this game is over. So think about this from a business career standpoint. If I was in a role and I was a little bit worried about my paycheck next week or what my paycheck's going to be in a couple months, and then somebody gave me a phone call and said, don't worry about it, you're set up, that's going to allow me to do my job at hand much better, right? So I think – yeah, the Temple coaches are going to be on their way out. Yeah, I agree. It's a little bit of a distraction. But at the same time, I, th- I think they feel like now they know where their next paycheck is going to be. They know they're going to have to relocate down uh, relate, relocate down to the state of Texas. So I'm not really as big into the coaching angle with this. I can tell you that the general public is because Wake is pulling in 77% of the money, and this line is squarely sitting on the number that I projected, which is 13. So with all this money coming in on Wake and on the Deeks who play defense – and they don't even play defense as good as Temple. Everybody's scooping up that plus 13, and they think this is a great spot because they're going to catch this Temple coaching staff off guard. I disagree. I'm going to be on Temple minus 13, and they're going to be very high in my confidence pools. Yeah, Temple's been playing great all season. They've been cashing all season. Um, like you said, the coaching staff's going to be just fine. The players are going to be just fine. Um, the Deeks don't – they might play defense, but they don't score. People forget that part. To uh, cover, you also still you, know, you might have to score a little bit. Might help a little bit. Um, the, they're going to be fine. And um, I don't know if you heard it today, Colin. You might have been busy when you were working or something. But uh, before the broadcaster for Wake Forest got fired, he might have already passed the game plan on to Temple. So Temple might already know what the defense are going to be doing. So I don't know if the coaching staff even needs the help. So they might be okay there. But um, we plug it. Plug, plug Subway. I was at Subway and I pulled up my Twitter timeline and I saw a whole bunch of Wake Forest tweets. I said, what the hell's going on now? Yeah, Wakey Leaks. Hashtag Wakey Leaks. Um, he Wakey might already Leaks. have that. He might already have it. So, um, yeah, Temple, If if as long as Temple doesn't, like, turn it over or anything, their offense is very um, – f- like fluid might not be the word I'm looking for, but they're a very fundamentally sound offense. And they play great defense. I like Temple a lot. Very, very good program. Um, you saw what they did to Navy. I like them to uh, definitely take care of business against Wake. National funding holiday bowl, Washington State versus Minnesota. 
two very surprising teams this season. Had good years, both eight and four. Nice surprise chip down to San Diego. What do you got, Colin? You know, I was doing this write-up, and I was falling more and more for Minnesota, and now I'm – no, <laughs> now I'm not feeling. It, it was sitting around on. Uh, it was sitting around on six and a half for a while, and uh, there were a couple sevens clipped out there with just a, a huge, generous amount of tickets and uh, money coming in on Washington State. So I was trying to, you know, dig through some of the stats, and you know, Minnesota they were second to last in the in the big uh, in the Big Ten and pass defense. You know, giving up pass, but the more I dug into Minnesota, I noticed that. Yeah, they're eight and four this year, but three of their losses came down to the final possession, which means if you had a touchdown as a spread in all their games, you would have covered every game except for one this year. So they never really got blown out. They're really better than the eight and four that they have. The problem is this is a really bad contrast of offense against them. So the good news is is that Minnesota um, is going to be able – they have the 20th-ranked sack uh, in the nation – which means they're going to be able to get to Falk all day. Who's seventy? They're seventy-three and defending the sack, so they're going to be able to get to Falk. And if they can, if they can create pressure, and they rank, you know, in their in their forty-second time of possession, if they can control the clock, and they can sack when Falk has the ball, then it's either going to be an under and Minnesota game, or it's going to be a Wazoo and it's going to be an over game. So I'm still leaning on the Minnesota side. I. As we've been sitting here talking, this line went to seven and a half on Pinnacle, Bookmaker, Five Dimes, and Beta Line. So a little nervous with my Minnesota 7 stance, but uh, I'm not bailing ship yet. You just, you just nailed it right there. It's two contrasting styles. That's the name of this game. It's, it's either going to be under Minnesota, over Washington State. It's all, it's all about does the Pirate Man leech figure out with Falk the quick strike offense because Minnesota is going to bring the heat all day. I watched them against Wisconsin. They're going to bring pressure, pressure, pressure. They get to your quarterback, you're done. Problem is if they get behind, they can't come back. So if Falk can get out early, get the strike offense going, score, 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 force Minnesota to pass, they throw interceptions, they're screwed. They have to run the ball. They have to use their tempo offense at their tempo and not Washington State's tempo. That's the only way Minnesota can stay in the game. And that's that's where this game gets interesting, and um, it, it's a, it's going to be a fun game. And um, I like Washington State because I just think their weapons. Because the way I saw that Wisconsin game, and I know Wisconsin's got a much better defense than Washington State, but the thing that I'm comparing this game to is the way Washington State went into Stanford and beat Stanford. That's the game I'm thinking of. Yeah. And, and they dominated Stanford. Yeah, but Minnesota's not Colorado, but Washington State really had a problem with Colorado in that grind of a game. So, yeah, that's I, I think I think my I think my Minnesota side is going to be one of the most unpopular opinions in, in everybody that I read. So, if you get that seven and a half or more, I can't argue with you. If it's below seven, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a key number there. Very obviously, it's Captain Obvious, but that's a key number. But um, yeah, okay. Moving on from that one, but that's that. That'll be a really fun game to watch. If anything, at least for the football head, it might not be exciting for everybody, but it'll be fun. Hotel Six Cactus Bowl: Baylor versus Boise State. Baylor six and six. Boise State ten and two. What do you got? 
Uh, for people that are lazy capping and saying Baylor is going to check out of this game and they don't want to be in this game, then tell me why they lost to West Virginia by three after leading most of the game. So I think it's lazy capping to sit there and say that Baylor is going to give up. Uh, the seniors have not given up. They love Coach Grobe. He came out of retirement just to babysit this program for a year, and I think they're going to play their ass off for him in this game. Meanwhile, Matt Ruley is going to be up in the press box watching all these underclassmen and checking them out on game film. So they're really kind of auditioning for him and for playing time going into the spring game. So I don't think there's any reason that be Baylor, the potential and the and the talent that they have on their team, isn't going to be playing for something in this game. So I think I, I think it's BS and lazy capping to say that Baylor's just going to roll over and die. I can tell you the general public, like 79% of the tickets is all on Boise while this thing just hangs out. On a dead number, it's seven and a half. I think. Think about this. This is December twenty seventh. This is the nine fifteen p.m. Central game. This is the chase game of the entire day, and that thing is hanging out at seven and a half. This is going to be everybody's tease and money line chase play on Boise later at the day. I'm going to be on Baylor in the points, and I, I I really feel comfortable with that. I'm not sure they can win the game, but they got something more to play for than Boise does, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be on Baylor. I can't argue that at all. That's all very perfect logic. Um, And I hate Baylor almost as much as anybody, but that's more I hate their program. Their players are very, they're very good players. Um, And I'll like their program with Ruley and all them come next year when they start cleaning things up. But um, that's all said and done. But um, like you said, what they showed you against West Virginia, if people can't see what they did in that game and think that won't carry over to this game, they're fools. Um, that's just blatant, just being blind. Um, talent-wise, they're just good. They're plenty good enough to compete with Boise State. Getting more than a touchdown, not wanting to show their new coach what they can do. Seniors not wanting to go out. You're dead on with all of that stuff. Give me more than a touchdown night game. I'll take Baylor all day long in that game, all day long. I will sink with that shit. Uh, new Era Pinstripe Bowl, Northwestern versus – Pittsburgh, 6-6 six and six versus 8-4 Pittsburgh, uh, first game of the day on the 28th. Yeah, I jumped out uh, on Pittsburgh on this. I tried to grab three and five dimes, moved it to three and a half on me. So I, I put uh, about two bucks on uh, – I put two bucks on Pittsburgh to start off at three and a half. We get the number up to five and a half. My number made it nine. I thought it was going to at least kind of float up to seven. It hasn't done that yet. Uh, the offensive coordinator might not be here by the time that this game rolls around. It looks like he's going to go to LSU and be Coach O's uh, offensive coordinator down there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my numbers make it nine and a half. I'm not scared that it's themed out at five and a half. Uh, there is plenty of money coming in on Pittsburgh. And I think people are trying to, I don't know if you're, you know, Connor's going to play this game. James Connor's going to play this game. Um, you know, I, I just, um, you know, Pitt has a very impressive resume. Their four losses came to uh, teams that have eight wins. So, uh, you know, they played very well this year, and I'm not exactly positive. I want to lay it down with Northwestern because Narduzzi knows Northwestern. He knows Fitzgerald, and he had only gave up one touchdown to Kane Coulter and Trevor Simeon in eight quarters of play when Narduzzi was – Michigan State's defensive coordinator. I just I think he knows how to defend Northwestern. I think he's going to have a problem with it. I like their offense, and I know I'm taking the public side at 81. percent uh, If it gets to seven, I might have some buyback on Northwestern, but I'm really happy with my three and a half. Yeah, Pittsburgh's explosive offense I think will be just fine against Northwestern. Connor will be able to run just fine against Northwestern. I've watched him plenty this year. Northwestern's not a pushover. I'm not trying to say that. 
but I watched Pitt a lot as well. They seem to have a lot of early games, which was right in my wheelhouse in Big Ten country. And um, they 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 will be just fine. The only scary part is Pitt doesn't play defense either, so that might let Northwestern hang around. Less than a touchdown. I like Pitt to get it done. I believe this one's in Yankee Stadium, correct? Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, they will be uh, taking it in the Bronx and getting it done in that one. Give me Pitt and the points. Or give it in the points. Russell Athletic Bowl, West Virginia versus Miami. Interesting game here. Very interesting game. Miami laying the points uh, with West Virginia being the higher-ranked team at 10-2. and two. Think about that one. What you got? <laughs> yeah, that, that really kind of screams, uh, you know, WTF. What's going on with this game? Uh, so to be plain and simple, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Miami minus three. Because uh, West Virginia's pass defense isn't the greatest in the world, they kind of got torn up there at the end of the year. Uh, West Virginia finished up two ten and two, and four of their wins were by four points. So this team might not be as great as you think that they are. Uh, I like Kaya in this. Uh, Mel Kiper's draft board came out and said that him and the tight end should stick in school for another year. So I think Kaya comes out and has just one of those days where he wants to show scouts exactly what to do with his arm. Uh, I like Miami in this spot. Yeah, Miami, if they want to, they are the better team in my opinion. West Virginia, I haven't been high on them all year. They, they have a good game here or there. Everyone's been huge on them. They showed their true colors, in my opinion, in that Baylor game. Uh, their quarterback, Howard, was atrocious. I've been down on him all season. He seems like he's all or nothing. He tries to throw the deep ball, and he doesn't throw it well at all. Um, he's They don't have a quarterback. That's just what it is, in my opinion. Uh, Kaya is outstanding. He is a great quarterback. I think another year of season wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, they have a decent run attack. Rick's building a good thing there. As he keeps bringing his guys in, they'll be really good. Um, the line tells you a lot, folks. Uh, if you don't think Vegas tells you something, well, here it is. Eight and four Miami, West Virginia, 10 and two. West Virginia, I think, is like 14th or 15th in the nation. Miami's not ranked. Think about it, folks. I'm not telling you it's like that simple, but it tells you something. Um, Miami, definitely, definitely to play here, in my opinion. Foster Farms Bowl in my backyard, or Santa Clara, sorry, sorry, Santa Clara. Indiana versus Utah. Indiana, another team with a new head coach because their old coach was uh, beating up the players versus Utah. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to be quick on this, but that doesn't mean that I don't like the team a whole bunch. Utah is one of my favorites of all of the bowl season. Let me throw out a couple reasons why. Tom Allen has not coached as the head coach since 2006 at Ben Davis High School. It's been a long time since he was uh, uh, running the entire show. So that's a disadvantage for Indiana. On the other side, Utah has the FBS sack leader in Hunter Dimmick. So uh, I, he's going to give a couple of freshman Indiana offensive linemen some huge issues. And Indiana's quarterback has given up 16 INTs this year. It's just too much for Indiana. Uh, on the, you know, a little side note here. The Bay Area is Utah's bread and butter when it comes to recruiting. So this is a big game for them in this area. They want to do well here for the recruits. And plus the people that are – the guys that are playing for Utah are from this area, so they'll have a lot of family in the stands. And finally, Kyle Whittingham is 9-1 and one in postseason games. No way I'm going against Utah. This is one of the most highest-rated confidence games I have. I don't care that it's on a dead number. Uh, and plus, 
Indiana's getting eighty one percent of the money on these side tickets. I don't don't know what these people are seeing, so I'll be on Utah happily. Yeah, um, I've been big on Indiana's development as a program. I was disappointed to hear about what happened because I thought they were going somewhere, and maybe they still will with a new coach. But this is a dead spot for them. Um, I don't care. This this is a mess for them right now. Utah, I, their defense is going to smother them. Um, this is a Pac-12 backyard. Kyle Whittingham is one of the best postseason or bowl coaches you find. They are going to destroy Indiana this game. Yep. The youth in a route in Santa Clara. And if you're in the area, you can get tickets because no one ever goes to that bowl game. Just throwing it out there. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and no one's going to the NFL games there either. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. Advocare, V100 Texas Bowl, Kansas State versus Texas A&M. I'm not going to break this down into units and stuff. I'm going to say a couple sentences on this and just go from there. Bill Snyder has now mentioned three separate interviews, three, that Texas A&M is the reason he didn't get to play in the 1998 uh, national championship game because they lost Texas A&M in the big 12 championship. He's mentioned it in three interviews that Texas A&M has kept him from the national championship. He says it still stings. Um, Texas A&M is, I I don't, Texas A&M is taking in 75% of the money and the wizard doesn't usually do well in bulls. Anyway, he's got really a terrible against the spread record bulls, but uh, something tells me the old man, <laughs> the old man has really got a bone to chew here. So, uh, you know, and Kansas State's young. This isn't a bunch of seniors getting out here. I mean, Ertz and the, and the rest of this crew, this is a young team that Arkansas beat the shit out of last year in the bowl game. So I think they're going to give A&M a run for the money, and I'll take the plus two. Hmm. I like A&M in this game, but um... – I don't have analysis like that, so I'll I'll move on from there. But I like A&M. That <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's it, 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 he's got that sticking in his car like that. He, that's some bulletin board material to say the least. Who's who mentions like a game from nineteen years ago? It's all he keeps talking about. Well, he's he's pissed about it. Nineteen oh eight. He's got information from all over the place. Yeah, I agree. The Birmingham Bowl, South Florida versus South Carolina. This is one. How is this a bowl game on the 29th? Who knows? But what do you think? Another new head coach game. Yeah, it is a new head coach game. Uh, but, um, you know, the offensive system, there's some people on Twitter that think Taggart wasn't really the best coach, anyways. I disagree. But, anyways, the off. Yeah, the offensive coordinator TJ Weiss takes over. The game plan's not going to change. Nope. Let me just break. Let me just break this down for everybody and why. USF minus 10.5 is not only a play I'm making and why it's a play you should make, but why South Florida should probably be number one in your confidence pools. South Carolina, when they have faced dual quarterbacks, have completely been destroyed. Now, of course, Deshaun Watson destroyed them for an amazing amount of yards to end the season. But I want you guys, if you're you're really going to cap in this game, look at what – uh, the FCS team, Western Carolina. Look what Western Carolina did against them to the second to the last game against South Carolina. They had a dual threat quarterback, and South Carolina, this great defense that Muschamp has, they gave up 367 total yards, 
236 of it was on the ground, and 93 of the rushing yards was by the dual threat quarterback Tyree Adams of Western, the two and nine Western Carolina Catamounts. No way, no how. If you've seen Quentin Flowers for USF play just once and know that South Carolina can get beat by a dual threat quarterback, this game is going to be ugly fast. Yeah, no, South. look at what South Florida did against Florida State, the way their offense at least operated, let alone, like, you know, they didn't play defense, but that was against at least a, like a powerhouse team, let alone, you know, at least a talented team. So they moved the right. ball just fine. So now you're facing an SEC team, so at least you think talent-wise they should be somewhat there. Um, yeah, they're going to move the ball no problem, in my opinion. Um. Ten and a half. I uh, I'm with you 110 percent on this one because Taggart or no Taggart, this will not be an issue for this team because these kids, you know, the chance to face an SEC team in a bowl game like this, they don't care who they're facing. They're gonna just eat this thing alive. Yeah, um, yeah. This is well, like we said earlier with Miami of Ohio, this is their team. They're gonna roll in here and USF's gonna have a fun game, fun one on their hands. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, you get the Belk Bowl this year? Yeah, we're in the Belk Bowl. <laughs> the Belk Bowl, Arkansas, are, uh, West Virginia Tech. Oh, you get the best bowl of them all. Yeah, and I have a I have a sneaking suspicion this is an overtime type kind of type kind of game. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about my uh, Wu Pick Sui. Um, I could break this down five million different ways. I think Bielema is going to try to come out and put it on the ground because you can beat Virginia Tech on the ground. I think he's going to try to play ball control. He's going to try to keep Evans off the ground. He's going to try to keep Virginia Tech from exposing the rush defense. I tweeted this out a couple times. Um, There's a player named Jerry Greenlaw. He was the leader of the Hogs defense. And when what you guys do remember is that Auburn beat us by – 56 points, uh, and it was all on the ground, and that is right after Jerry Greenlaw was knocked out. Now, he's not worth 56 points, but he was the leader of the defense. He's uh, the best tackler. He's the best rush defender. Uh, it's probable. It's I'm sorry, he's actually questionable with the foot injury about coming back to this game. If he comes back into this game, I'm playing Arkansas. I'll take the seven and a half. I'll take the seven all day. Um, here's the deal. Even if Arkansas cannot dictate their way on the ground, they have a quarterback in Austin Allen that can take off out of the pocket and hit anybody on the run. They can keep up in the points. Arkansas can keep up in the points department. Balaam wants this to be a power rush game like years in the past where he just you know lines up and runs you over. But sometimes if they get behind by 14 points, they we Arkansas has no problem like going to the passing game and and uh, and getting some scores in. So I like the over here. I don't think it's enough points. I think this game could go to overtime. And if uh, if you've ever looked overtime up in the college football dictionary, it says Arkansas. So <laughs> we've we've been in a seven overtime game and two six overtime games. Yep. Give me the belt bowl. Give me the overtime. Or not the overtime. Yeah. Give me the over. I mean, give me give me. There the has over. to be a has to be a five dimes prop on a belt bowl overtime, right? Yeah. There's got to be like I. I I should have known you had the belt pull before I even started this part. This that's amazing. How did I miss that when I wrote this thing up? That's hey, let me throw a nugget in for um, for everybody that's uh, watching this. Um, I've already done some capping for 2017. 
And um, everybody knows that <laughs> you're going to be deep into basketball in March, and I'm going to be about the only guy looking at college football. Uh, I will have Arkansas Futures in 2017. And I, I could go into a million things about how their schedule plays out perfectly, but just remember this, out of the eight conference games they play next year, they play five out of those eight teams coming straight off of Alabama and LSU. They catch teams. They catch teams in the worst possible scenario next year, and Arkansas is going to have a lot, a, a little bit of my money next year for futures. So that's a bonus for everybody. Wow, if Bielema can't make that work, he might as well get fired after that. He should. Yeah, don't get me going. Don't get me going. <laughs> well, we might have to talk in March then. Okay, the Valero Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma State versus Colorado. This is a good game right here. What you got. I was shocked that the spread was so low. I was shocked that it was down at three. Let me check. It's up to three and a half. Okay, so it's come up to three and a half, but this just feels like a serious disrespect. I think this is the best, one of the best, one of the best teams in the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is being underrated in this bowl season. I think Colorado is a nasty team for for Oklahoma State to have to play, and apparently uh, the general public doesn't agree with me. Most of them are having tickets on Oklahoma State. I do understand Mason Rudolph is going to have a roof over his head and a dry field to be working on, but Colorado's Coach Mack, is, he's the better coach in this game, and I, I just like them more. Must be the power of the mullet is, is, is consuming people. Uh, like, I swear to God, if Colorado wins, somebody shave that damn thing off. My goodness. Um, but Colorado is a machine right now. Uh, how they – well, question, you'd know better than I. I didn't look. Is is their quarterback starting? Sifu, uh, what was the last – That's huge. He is. Okay, as soon as the line's three, he's probably starting. His ankle is listed at probable. So probable means yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, give me Colorado minus three. That's a silly line. Um, I'll take the bait. Give me Colorado minus three. Um, the over, I think, is definitely worth a look as well for these two teams because Oklahoma State, even though people say they play good defense, I don't think they're playing defense. Look at your chart right here, 108th in the nation. Get up 457 yards. If people don't remember that Texas Tech game, it was a goddamn video game. Um, yep. Colorado, Colorado can move the football people. <laughs> they don't have a problem doing that. They score, score, score. Um Give me, uh, give me the the overs worth the decent look. I love Colorado. I like Colorado way more than the over though. Colorado yeah, minus three, definitely, definitely a play there. AutoZone Liberty Bowl TCU versus Georgia. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this because it hurts. Because I hate TCU has cost me a lot of money this year. Um, <laughs> about yeah. two dimes on game of the year futures. Um, so. Uh, I put in my preview that I like TCU plus one and a half. They have the advantage in sacks or six in the nation in sacks. And I think they're going to get to Eason. And I, uh, you know, so I, I leaned with TCU a little bit at plus one and a half. As we are speaking, this line is taking a dip down to pick. So obviously my initial lean of liking TCU is the right side, but it's down to a pick now. I still like TCU in the game. Yeah, I'd go with TCU just on, I just like their, Oh, fuck, it's just – I don't know. I, I just – I've hated Georgia all year. I told you, like, that Georgia-Georgia Tech game, I just had something against Georgia. Um, their, their their quarterback play, the East, just doesn't work for me. I just can't trust that guy. He's a, he's a – he just 
he's a turnover machine when it when it matters most, in my opinion. And I I just I, this game's going to be close, and um, it's going to come down to the end. I big turnover. Um, yeah, give me if it's a pick 'em TCU. If you have to make a play, I wouldn't even make a play in this game if you didn't have to. But uh, go TCU, and we're moving on. Hyundai Sun Bowl, North Carolina versus Stanford. Uh, North Carolina was eight and four. Stanford was nine and three. Stanford was an ugly nine and three, folks. Let me just put it that way. But uh, what do you got? Uh, UNC ain't losing much better. I mean, losing yardage That's battles, true. yeah, to losing yardage battles to Citadel and getting their ass kicked by as a double digit favorite to Duke and NC State. You know, it, they're not looking much better. But I broke this game every which way I could down, even with Christian McCaffrey, you know, playing his last game and everything, and the, and Shaw being six and one against the spread uh, in his time at Stanford as a head coach and Bulls. Plus, he's been to the Sun Bowl before. He was there in 2009, so he knows the venue. He knows the routine. Uh, but for some reason, I've got this game power rated as uh, UNC minus one. So when I see UNC plus four, it's five points off what I said. I can't find a real big advantage anywhere because I love Mitch Trubisky and I love the offense for UNC. just don't like their defense whatsoever. So the line is five points off of what I projected. I can't make heads or tails of anything going on with the tickets. So I'm going to be on UNC. And as I typed that up in the PDF, the line actually came down to three and a half. So I'm going to take the heels. I don't like it. It's low confidence, but that's the side. Yeah, it's an ugly game both ways. Both teams are very fraudulent, like you just said. Um, Carolina is just more, if I had to, a more consistently explosive offense. Uh, Trubisky is a very, very good quarterback. Uh, potential, many people say, potentially the top quarterback coming out into the draft, potentially. Uh, Stanford's offense outside of McCaffrey is very mediocre. Um Defensively, not bad team, but mediocre in offense, in my opinion. Uh, give me Carolina and the heels getting the point, especially three and a half more in a field goal. Uh, Carolina in this one. Franklin American Music City Bowl. Music City Bowl is usually a fun one there in Nashville. Nebraska versus Tennessee. Tennessee in their own backyard. Cornhuskers. Tommy Armstrong should be back, I think I actually heard in this one. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's big for Nebraska because I thought he'd play again after that one hit he took. So um, what do you got on this one? Yeah, this is going to be an inspired Nebraska team that is talking about uh, getting double digits and that they're really pissed off the way the season ended against Iowa. Uh, Real quick, Mike Riley is 7-2 all-time in bowls. He comes prepared. Uh, That showed last year when they went to a bowls of 5-7 team and won by nine points. Uh, I'm taking Nebraska plus three in this game. Tennessee is a dumpster fire, and I wouldn't touch them with – I wouldn't touch them with anything. Yep. Yep, Nebraska all day long. Uh, I'll take a money line, take them plus three. I said it earlier in the podcast, Tennessee is fraudulent. Uh, Vandy came back and beat them earlier, like I said. Uh, Tennessee was lucky all season. You saw those stupid comebacks. Everybody thought they were great. Finally came up and bit them in the ass. Uh, Butch Jones will be should be getting fired if Tennessee knows what's right for them. Uh, they will be inspired. Uh, Mike Riley is a very good football coach. Tommy Armstrong is back. Nebraska is a very good football team. Uh, if they had Armstrong, they'd probably beat Iowa, and they move on. They're good, good football team. They should be able to take care of business. Nebraska plus three, very, very nice play in that game. Nova, home, lone, Arizona Bowl, South Alabama versus Air Force. Interesting game here. 
Yeah. yeah so uh, South Alabama is uh, treating this like a business trip. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, can't wait to see what they have. This team's annoying. I don't know how that they're pulling off upsets against Mississippi State and then they're losing most of their conference games. But uh, so uh, flat out, um, they're getting a lot of extra time to prepare for an Air Force offense that that you have the advantage when you get two to three weeks to prepare for an Air Force offense. Um, I think the number's too high. I projected it at 10 and a half. Uh, it's at 13 and a half and 13s across the board. I think a 12 and a half peaked out somewhere earlier today. At least I had a little email telling me somebody, yep, there it is. Westgate. Westgate is currently sitting at 12 and a half. Somebody, uh, you know, is whacking that line big enough to put it down 12 and a half. I'm going to be on South Alabama until it hits my projection of 10 and a half. And then I'll turn around and hit Air Force. Yeah. South Alabama is that team. Like you said, they show up against what Mississippi State, and then they just shit the bed everywhere else. Um, with this much time to prepare, you'd imagine they're going to want to show up in this game. Um, give me two touchdowns, hopefully. Definitely worth a look. Um, otherwise, if it gets to 10 or less, I'd like to put a play on Air Force. Other than that, this is just an ugly football game all around. Um, Capital One Orange Bowl. Florida State versus Michigan. This is where we're starting to get into the big boys right here. Uh, the fighting khakis. What do we got? <laughs> How is this game seven? I, have, I, I, I This is the whole thing I haven't been able to. Yeah, I, I projected this Michigan minus one and a half. Uh, I don't think they have the offense to nope. uh, I don't think they have the offense to keep up with. Florida State's going to throw. Listen, people are all uh, Michigan's defense is going to control Dalvin Cook and Francois, and they're going to be able to take care of what Florida State's going to throw at them offensively. Okay, well, what about the other side of the ball? Because Michigan's offense isn't very good. I mean, we're talking about the 47th best offense in the nation, but FSU has the 29th best defense in the nation. So whatever advantages you have on that one side of the ball – you don't have them on the other side of the ball. And I think Francois, I think Dalvin Cook, I think they're going to find ways to score. I don't understand how this spread is seven. Uh, the tickets in Vegas are 50-50, so nobody's, you know, everybody's kind of taking a piece of both sides of Michigan and Florida State. But for me and for my power ratings, this is way off, way off. And Florida State is a, you know, plus seven, that's a high confidence line for me. And people need to remember that uh, people think – Michigan's offense, 47th ranked, this, that, and the other. A lot of those big games were against very crappy teams. When they faced a really good off, uh, defense, Ohio State, Wisconsin, um, name some of the other ones, they really did Colorado had How Colorado had them shut down for a while. Yeah, like a lot, a lot of the big teams, Iowa, they didn't do anything. They, they went off against the, the, the lesser teams. So um, – now they're going to go against Florida State, extra time to prepare, blah, 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 blah. Definitely be crazy. A full touchdown does not make any sense to me at all. Um, I would gladly take Florida State plus seven. Dalvin Cook is legit. Um, Francois, very good young quarterback. Their defense is legit. It sh- this should be a back-and-forth heavyweight brawl that we're going to get a, the night before the big boys really take the stage. This is just like a freaking appetizer to the main course. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, Florida State plus seven. I'll take the bait on that one all day long. Buffalo, Wild – oh, we're on the week three. New Year's Eve all the way to the end, folks. Buffalo Wild Wing, Citrus Bowl, 
LSU versus Louisville. This should be a good one. What do you got? I think I'm going to be the only person in the world with a Louisville ticket. At least it feels that way because I just see so much hate on them for losing to Kentucky. And that's the whole thing is the public's perception of Louisville is now shot down through the toilet after being such a huge favorite to lose and, uh, you know, <laughs> generally a pretty bad team in that rivalry. Uh, I can't explain those losses, um, you know, and I still think back in Louisville is dumb because as far as I've read, uh, two starting linebackers got shot over the weekend celebrating yep. the, the Heisman Trophy win. Yep. Um, so I think it is – I mean, it, everything to me in the world says it is really dumb to be back in a Louisville team that just lost to Kentucky that's coming in to play LSU and for Nett, who is playing, and for Coach O, who's, you know, there's no doubt that it's his job. Uh, you know, there's something – I don't know what it is, but this number just seems to be uh, – you know, what did I project it at? I projected it at LSU minus one. So it's a little high for me. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson does show up. Uh, and and so, you know, I'm going to take the Heisman Trophy winner and I'll take three points with him. Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I'll be publicly on this one, I guess. If, it, if, I yeah. get, if I can get three or less, I'll take LSU. Um, I've been saying it all along. If Coach O coached game one against Wisconsin, Wisconsin loses that game. Um, this LSU team, LSU team, way, way better with Coach O, the way they run their offense. Uh, they actually try to advance the football instead of just, you know, hump the football. It's a whole different team. Yeah. Um, I like what they're doing. Maybe I am biased, but I'm just not over impressed when Louisville faces a real football team. I just – I haven't seen anything that, that has impressed me. I could be wrong. Then again, we just, we just raved about Florida State and Louisville torched Florida State. Who knows? But um, you might be onto something here, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. But uh, it should be a good game either way. Maybe it'll be a shootout for all we know. But uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll prove all the doubters wrong of why he won the Heisman. There's a lot of critiquing there because I'm not a big believer he deserved it. But I don't think anybody really deserved it that year, and that's a whole other debate right now. The Tax Slayer Bowl, Kentucky versus Georgia Tech. This is How is this one on the 31st and some of the other nope. ones aren't? It's at the exact same time that LSU's playing Louisville. Nobody will watch it. I don't even think Kentucky alumni would watch this game over Louisville, Louisville LSU. Right. Yeah. So um, I'll make this quick because I don't like this game. I'm not even going to watch the game. I'll be watching LSU and Louisville. So uh, Georgia yeah. Tech has beaten uh, two SEC teams this year already. They've beaten Vanderbilt and they've beaten Georgia. And even Kentucky didn't beat Georgia. Uh, I think there's way too much love on the Kentucky side. I didn't give them that much of an adjustment for beating Louisville, although I probably should have. I got Georgia Tech power rated as a minus six, so I'll scoop this minus three all day. Yeah, give me minus three. Georgia Tech is going to beat them by, yeah, well, at least, yeah, give me the minus three. I like them to run that option just fine. I think they'll beat them by at least a touchdown. Kentucky, they won their Super Bowl. They beat Louisville. They're happy as a clam. They're done. Um, they just got a big-time recruit today over some big-time programs. They think they're back. Um, no, Georgia Tech takes care of business. They win. It's, uh, yeah, three points is a joke to me. I don't understand that line at all. Let's get into the playoffs, what we've been waiting for. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, number four, Washington, versus number one, Alabama. What do you got, Colin? Yeah, so uh, I hit Washington right out of the gate at 13.5 on Bet Online, uh, which immediately 
it immediately generated a few text messages from, from uh, my buddy Hayden saying, what the hell are you doing? Uh, so, uh, uh, and then uh, it went to 14 and a half of five dimes and I hit Washington again. And then it went to 17 on bookmaker finally, uh, for a few hours. Uh, and I hit it again. So I'm approximately three bucks and change, uh, into Washington on this. Listen, it's, it's, it's this thing where I know that if it's the first time that you've seen me cap or you guys have heard me talk, I have, I have my own power ratings and I compare them up against Massey and FPI and Sagger and all that. And the thing is, is uh, I love Alabama. And I think one of the, they're, they are one of the best teams I've, I've ever seen play college football. The defense is NFL level defense. I, I don't disagree with any of that stuff, but my problem is, is there just comes a point where it's like, you know, that's just way too much respect and that's way too much love. I mean, Alabama can't have a bad day. So Washington is a legitimate team. It's not their fault that their schedule was the way it was. And that USC, that was a speeding, you know, locomotive train that they ran into for that game. And uh, I'm not sure Alabama would have done much better if they had played them that week instead of playing them opening up the year. So I have to trust my own numbers, right? I know how I make these numbers. I know how to grade games. I know how to look at closing line value. And it comes – are we back? Yep, we're back and we're live. Awesome. I don't know how you how you cut that up, but uh, we got it. it. All right, so I'd like to say thank you to Hilton for that little bug there, um, cutting off my Wi-Fi. Uh, so uh, wouldn't be a podcast without hotel Wi-Fi. That's right. Um, so I, let, let's just let me just say this. You know, I know how to make numbers and everything, and my number is nine and a half. And what I'm doing is is I'm purchasing a stock that I, I'm kind of selling on a stock that I think is a little bit overvalued. I may be wrong, but at 13 and a half, I'm going to take a piece. At 14, I would take a piece. At 17, another key number, I'm going to take a piece. We finally have some buyback in the market down to 16, 15 and a half. Washington, Florida moved the ball on Alabama. Just watch that game. Florida could move the ball. Washington is a completely capable offense of, at least doing something, at least keeping Alabama's offense on the field and at least protecting the ball so that this defense isn't running back touchdowns every three minutes. So I'm going to roll the dice with Washington here and my two scores, and uh, I'm not going to put any more money on Washington. I'm happy with my three numbers that I got, but uh, I, I'm so in the minority on this game. <laughs> I, I love the analysis. Um, it's so hard because Bama's just so much better than – Almost, I want to say everybody, but we've seen it in the past when you think Bama is that team and like Ohio State goes and trucks them. Um, mm-hmm. But Bama is that team where their second and third strings can go out and play for almost anybody in the nation. Um, they're, they're, that, they're that good. And um, on paper, they should have their way with Washington. That doesn't mean they can't win by 10 points without a problem. Right. Um, but like, you're, like what you're what you're trying to tell people is what you're trying to explain to them is you're saying the spread, not the not that Bama's not going to take care of business rather easily. Is the number is the number, and um, sixteen points is a shitload of points, people. And um, Bama sixteen points in a game of this magnitude. Washington is a legit football team with a legit quarterback, and. Um, it's going to be interesting, and I like I like Washington's chances of keeping us close as well. Um, Bama has shown weaknesses. That Florida game showed a lot. I was shocked by how well Florida hung in that game for a while, 
and Washington is a shitload better than Florida. So um, I, I, I'm going to be dabbling on a little bit of Washington as well. I'd like to see this number climb more, but I think it's kind of peaked at the moment. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if buyback is coming here pretty soon. So um, it, yeah, you can currently get a 17 of Bavada. Everywhere else is sporting a 16 to 15 and a half. But I mean, just think about this number. Auburn was 18. Right, Florida was twenty four. Do you think Washington and Auburn are equal? Because that was at no, that was at Alabama, right? So yeah, there you go. Yeah, give me some Washington. I'll take I'll take the bullet on that one, and see where it see where it plays out. Next up, number two, Clemson. Number three, Ohio State in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. What do you have in this one? I have uh, taken two shots on Clemson at three and three and a half. Uh, I had this game lined, getting all my stuff back up here. You know, I had this game lined at one and a half. So I do think the number is a little high. Um, the question is, is, is the Ohio State, you know, they don't control the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, they've been pushed around a little bit and, um, you know, <laughs> When Clemson has needed to play tough, they've played tough and they've kept up with teams. And I'm not betting against Deshaun Watson. Anytime he has a football and he wants to score, he's going to score. So, you know, all of a sudden, is the Ohio State offense and JT Barrett going to figure it out for this game? I'm not so sure. And I'm not betting against Deshaun Watson, not in a game of this magnitude, because they've proven it over and over again that when they need to score and when they need to win the game, they can. And I don't want to hear uh, Urban Meyer having time off and what he does with that, because what Dabo Sweeney has done, I mean, they covered against Bama last year in the national championship game. The spread was five and a half, and they lost by five. They covered against Bama in the national championship. People start need to give him Dabo credit about what he's doing down there and what Venables does with that defense. So I don't want to hear about Urban, about how he always covers with all this time off because I think Clemson's the better team. I think they are, they're better in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and I think we're on team's favorite. I agree with everything you just said. Um, I am not big on Ohio State. I'm, they are a very good football team, don't get me wrong, but I think their offense is very overrated. Uh, when they had to get it done against good football teams, they have struggled. Even against some bad Big Ten teams towards the end of the season, their offense has struggled especially early getting out the gates. It's taken their team a while to get going in games. Um, will the layoff help or hurt them? That's tough to find out. Yes, you hear the narrative about Urban Meyer and big games are on layoffs, but yes, Dabo as well. Great example with Alabama. They were phenomenal. Um, you're giving me three and a half points with Clemson. I'll take that all day long. Um, I think they win the game. I will take Clemson three and a half. Uh, Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback. I will take the better quarterback in the big game. Give me Clemson three and a half. A rematch, Alabama-Clemson national title game sounds very nice to me on the 9th of January. We'll just, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Outback Bowl on January 2nd, because we have to give the NFL their proper time, of course. We take a few days off. January 2nd, Outback Bowl, Iowa. Surprise team with a big finish of the season taking on Florida. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go that direction. Uh, three big wins, three huge scoring outputs, taking on a Florida team. Uh, the loss to LSU, FSU, and Alabama, pretty ugly. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on here on the offensive side of the ball. It's, uh, you know, they got to – they got to move the ball a little bit against Alabama, but then it just turned, you know, they played four quarters and it was pretty ugly. Um, you know, most of the action right now is coming in on Florida. They're getting 67% of the money on the tickets. 
which is crazy to me because Florida's laying points. I would never uh, take a Florida minus anything. So, uh, you know, this will be a really low-ranked thing, for the really low confidence for me. Um, but I'm going to be on Iowa plus two and a half. I don't think it's going to go to three. I think it's going to come back down to two. It may even come back down to pick. But I'm going to take Iowa. I'm going to take the points. And, um, you know, that fan base travels really well. I expect them to give uh, Florida all they can handle. Yeah, I'd love to see a three. But uh, give me Iowa. Uh, the hotter the hotter team, the better team, the team that can actually score, as we saw Florida can't score. Uh, they haven't been able to score all year. It's not just a Bama thing. They just can't score. Uh, give me Iowa. They can play defense. Their offense is moving. They can run the ball. Um, if they can get to 20 points, which I think they will, we know Florida can't. Uh, give me Iowa. Play some money line. Iowa over Florida. Let's go to the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, Western Michigan, Wisconsin. Tell me I'm not wasting my money flying to Dallas, please. You're going to have a great time with this bowl. Man, I'm telling you, Wisconsin fans, they like to drink. I love going. I know that. I've I've been to plenty of games. I'm aware of that. Those, I'm telling you, those Packers, there are so many pictures out of me and Packers tailgates that I'm glad have not made their way to social media. It's good times, isn't it? Uh, So I love Wisconsin. Uh, I was desperately wanting to see them get in the playoff against Alabama. Um, there was some other uh, Twitter handles that were giving me a lot of shit about taking Wisconsin. So in this game, I have a power rated Wisconsin minus four. Uh, and, uh, you know, Paul Chris, they shouldn't have any problems with Western Michigan here. But with the hook on that line, that leaves the back door open for a 14-point lead to turn into a seven-point lead at the end for Mr. Uh, wannabe Superman, P.J. Fleck, uh, who's, still, who's still the coach there. I don't know how he's still the coach here, but – Interesting to note that this game is on January 2nd. The NFL, their last set of games is the day before, and I would not be surprised to see a domino effect in the NFL affect things in the college game and for P.J. Flex name to be all over the landscape as far as NFL and Power 5 programs. So keep your eye very closely on what's going on with Western Michigan because if they lose Fleck or Flex attention is off at all, I want no part of this game. What's I want? I want nothing to do with Western Michigan. Um, I do think Wisconsin's going to win the game. I actually kind of think they're going to win the game exactly by seven because I have her power rated as a four. Um, Western Michigan. I, I know I took them in. I know I took them in the uh, in the PDF, but that's because Wisconsin is taking in just ass loads of money, and the hook is still sitting there. If this was at seven, it's a different story. I'd have Wisconsin minus seven. If PJ Fleck was interested in another program, I'd be on Wisconsin minus seven. Um, but you know, with the way things are intact right now, I'm going to row the boat. I'm going to be with, uh, Western Michigan. Uh, he gets them so pepped up. I might lay a little bit of money on Western Michigan money line first half before the true talent and recruiting dominance and the, and Paul Chris comes in and, and beats the hell out of them. It's just a matter of a backdoor cover in my opinion. You, yep. There it is. That's Wisconsin football to a T. Uh, this first half, I will be drinking heavily because Western Michigan will come out guns blazing and scare the crap out of me. Um, and Wisconsin will make me think, uh, why did I come here? And then, be, and then um, they'll show up and they'll flex their muscle and they'll pull away in the fourth quarter. And then Western Michigan will make a drive late to make it a ball game again. And then the back door will be open. And that's why Western Michigan, anything over seven is very much worth the play. 
Um, that is the play, like you just said, because P.J. Flex not going to let up. He's going to keep going, 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 going. But the whole time Wisconsin will be comfortably – should comfortably have the game in hand um, unless something just ridiculous happens. But, um, yeah, this is one of those games where I'm half terrified because P.J. Flex, that he's like that little kid that always comes down the block thinking he can play with the big boys. And yep. he's just you know, he's going to walk out there with his chest puffed out the whole time, standing behind the big kids, the guy talking shit the whole time, wanting them to do it for him. So I'm, right. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for it to happen. It's just one of those. But yeah, anything over seven, take the Broncos. Uh, this is going to be a really good one: Rose Bowl, Penn State versus USC. Um, I'm excited for this one because right about the time the Cotton Bowl ends, I will be stumbling to a bar in Dallas to watch this one. What do you have on this game? Well, I was in uh, Jerry World just, uh, in September for Texas A&M's ass whooping of Arkansas, so good luck down there. Um, uh, I would bring uh, – you're going to park next to the ballpark there where the Rangers play, and I would just bring coolers and just hang out in the parking lot and get waxed out there. Um, all right, so for this bowl game, I am on another unpopular opinion by taking Penn State plus seven here. Listen, I tailed USC a lot at the end of the year, and I made a lot of money off of them. And the thing is, is I think that's the general public's idea is that USC could wax it. They could hang with Bama. They could wax anybody right now. But what you don't see is that this Penn State team is, is just playing off their gourd. They were down 28-7 to to Wisconsin. But, you know, I think about every game that Penn State has played, like the last two months, like they were like something like 28-point favorites to Rutgers, and everybody and their mother, including me, thought this was a huge letdown spot and then they whipped him by like 60 so Penn State doesn't let down they just don't back off and if you watched Trace McSorley this kid I think is the future they I'm looking at 2017 hard with Trace McSorley uh I am really impressed with this Penn State team Franklin's got him going uh they're buying into him they love him I project this game at four and a half so I don't see Penn State winning the game I see them keeping it close uh, you know, and I, I, I think they have the coaching advantage uh, here too. So I'm going to go with the points, but not necessarily for USC to win the game. Yeah, I really, really like Penn State getting a touchdown or more. Um, they showed a lot as the season went on, and especially in that Big Ten title game. Uh, they, they were getting their ass handed to them early on, down three touchdowns, and they just didn't give up. And you saw it, and they just won so they Swung it around. McSorley is a heck of a quarterback. And like you said, the future is very, very bright and happy Valley with that kid. Um, they're building a nice little thing there. And um, they're going to hang around with USC. There's no joke about that. Uh, there's no reason they can't hang with them touchdown. If not, keep it real tight, make things real interesting. USC is a very good team. When they made their QB switch, they're a whole other animal. Um, but... I like Penn State to keep this thing real tight, uh, at least have the back door open at the end to uh, keep it within seven, no doubt about that. All-State Sugar Bowl, Auburn versus Oklahoma, the last bowl game of the season, number 40. What do you got? I see this number is taking off. Uh, my buddy Hayden at CCH picks got five on his uh, Auburn War Eagle, and it's now down to three, a juice three and some three-and-a-halves out there. I'm sorely on Auburn, and, uh, you know, the reason is because Malzahn, um, you know, he's lost twice in bowls by uh, three points, and he's won another bowl. Uh, It's not just because of that. Auburn, let me say this. 
any team that Oklahoma has played in the last three years that can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball has ran their ass up a flagpole, and that includes Ohio State. That includes Clemson twice in the last two bowl seasons. Uh, anyone that can dominate Oklahoma in the trenches can keep Baker Mayfield, P. Ryan, Mixon, Didi, can keep all these huge skill set names from doing anything. You ever notice that OU looks absolutely fantastic against the conference, but when they play somebody that can actually punch them in the trenches, they look like one of the worst teams in all of FBS. Auburn in the trenches, that defensive line is going to be all over these guys. I've got no issues, and I've got supreme confidence in taking Auburn money line in this game. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is Oklahoma is a whole different beast against the real football team. The Big 12 yeah. Conference is – the Big 12 Conference, as much as people want to say they're great, and, you know, they're good, don't get me wrong, but they're a freaking video game. They're mad in 2017 or whatever you want to call them. They don't play defense. That's all they are. They're fun to watch, don't get me wrong. Go play a drinking game like we talked about with the, the Memphis-Western Kentucky game. Go for it. Knock yourself out. But there's – it's not football. If they want to watch football, go turn on the SEC, go turn on whatever else. But – you put Oklahoma up against these other guys, they get their shit pushed in. It's just uh-huh. not football. And Auburn is going to show that to them, at least they should. If they show up, Gus Malzahn and the boys are going to make it happen. And uh, getting three and a half to four points could be very, very interesting. And Hayden, Hayden should enjoy the last bowl game of the season right there. <laughs> and he'll never let it He'll never let it down. He'll just rub it into everybody. Oh, not, not, not Hayden. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't not do something Hayden. like that. You'd never hear it. You'd, I just wake up every morning in my text messages, and it's like, I got a winner for you, guy. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Oh, shit. Okay, well, actually, we have one more. One more game. Okay. You took Bama and Clemson. We what was your prediction for the title game? Um, you know, I plugged it into my little spreadsheet earlier today just in case that we asked this question, and I came up with uh, Alabama being favored by 10.5 on a neutral field. Um with a total of 65, if you guys are wondering about that. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter or, you know, you follow the CCH account, back in May I placed $500 on nine, 9.5 to 1 on Clemson to win the national championship. And here's the deal. The only two teams that had the cleanest path, easiest path, to get to the national championship game or the playoff, in my opinion, was um, um, was Clemson, and I, I hate to say it, but I think it was OU because they were favored by nine in a game of the year over Ohio State. Jesus, how long ago was that? Um, so uh, Clemson, I looked at Clemson's schedule, and I just could not get over the fact that every time Bama scored with Derrick Henry, Deshaun Watson had an answer. And I couldn't get over the fact that if they just had one defensive stop, just one, Clemson would have won the national championship last year against this Derrick Henry machine. So here we are a year later. It's the same offense. The defense is now seasoned. You can't call them really rookies in some of the new spots because, you know, we're 13 games in. I know Alabama is is unbelievable, but I just I – just, I, tell me who's going to stop Deshaun Watson from scoring. I know the Bama defense is good, but they're going to find a way. They're already probably prepping for it. They're going to find a way to keep up and score against Bama. So if it's 10.5, I'm going to be on Clemson. I'm going to be on Clemson again at 10.5. And 
and I have them all ready to win the national championship at nine and a half to one. So, uh, you know, it's all Clemson for me. Um, you know, even though that's probably not going to be a popular opinion again. I love it. I love it. Well, geez, <laughs> 40 bowl games, 41 if you count the national title game. 40. Outstanding, Colin. I appreciate yep. it. Any last words? Uh, no. Everybody uh, enjoy the PDF, and uh, good work, Brian. Good, by, good work by Sports Agents, and, uh, and I really appreciate you having me on. Again, guys, it's, it was uh, Colin. You can find him on Twitter at CWofCCH. Follow him, CCH Picks, cchpicks.com for the PDF, all the good stuff um, on Twitter. Thanks for having me, like uh, having us on. Again, guys, this was uh, episode 14 of Bench with Bubba. Until next time, we will catch you guys later.